0: Welcome to Coopercast the Dion Warwick episode. This is your host, Al's Web dude John Sachs. In this episode, Al talks about hearing Dion Warwick as a kid, later meeting her, hiring her sisters to sing back up, and the genius of Bert Backrack
1: I have fabulous memories of uh my father would uh, he bought a transistor radio. That opened and closed like a like a, a box of candy or something, and it had a earphone jack with a a thing that just went in one ear. It was before you know they did headphones, but you could listen to it without disturbing anybody, and which was great for me because I never slept, and so I'd get up in the middle of the night. And uh, when I was younger, I would hide a flashlight under the bed, and I would read. Then I got older, and my father got that radio, and I plugged the headphone jack in, and I would listen to that all night. The top of the dial, it was all black music, soul music of the time period, and I loved that. And this is around the time that Dionne Warwick began her career on this station. I think it was WWRL, and they were they broadcast from New Jersey. When Walk On By was released, the disc jockey went berserk. He played it over five times in a row. And I, and I was with him. I was listening on the radio and I said, This is an unbelievable record. That was Backrack? Yes. And Hal David was the lyricist. It was not wasted on me. I learned so much from the Backrack records. And I have. I forget how I got it, but I have all the tracks from that era without vocals on them. Really? Yeah, so you can hear the intricacies of the arrangements uninterrupted by vocals. It's one of the the great possessions that I have that floors people when I play it for them. It was sophisticated R&B. That's what you call it? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if there's... You know, if anybody else calls it that, but that's what I call it. They took the form and they kicked out the boundaries and uh, just did stuff that no one had ever done before. And it was terrific. And it was terrific because Backrack was a genius. Still is, probably. I have, in my office, I have two books written about him that I, you know, use for reference Oh, and the other thing was w- when I worked in uh, a recording studio when I was younger, I was just apprenticing there and they were teaching me how to engineer and do all and cut discs and all the stuff they do at studios. And then they let me do uncomplicated sessions. So the first session I did was somebody interviewing her about her First single, so that's when I met her. She came in, and it was uh, the the guy that was asking her the questions, and her and me, and I had to uh, record it and then cut a disc of it for them. So I always remember that she was very nice. And later on, when I was producing records, I would uh, I would hire her sister a lot who put uh, groups together for uh, background vocals on records. And she was the contractor. So she would get great girls, really great, if I wanted three singers. And from that, on the Blood, Sweat and Tears album, I had uh, Valerie Simpson and uh, I forget, and Melba Moore. They sang backups at the time. They weren't famous and hadn't made their, their move yet. So they sang on uh, the Blood, Sweat, and Tears album. Sissy Houston and uh, Dee Dee Warwick in the building that I used to be in, 1650 Broadway. They were there. I knew Sissy pretty well because I would hire her a lot in the era when I when I was doing solo albums. Yeah, but I mean, but the Warwicks were pretty, pretty good. And you could hire them. Not Dion, but Sissy was probably the top female vocal contractor in New York. This
0: has been CooperCast, the Dion Warwick episode, brought to you by E-flat Augmented. Look for more episodes coming up and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just about any podcast distributor.